get all the buttons pushed. I got more buttons to push to start this thing now than you can shake a stick at. Got three different directions to look and trying to figure it all out. Welcome to Saturday Night Live, another version of Living Light Outdoors. Um, we uh, actually was kind of surprised. Uh, wasn't planning on this particular adventure tonight, um, but I got a late call. Uh, our local pastor is still struggling with illness. He's he's recovering um, and, and very thankful for the prayer and the things that he's had for in support. But he is still struggling, and he's uh, not back 100%, and is, is just having a little bit of trouble with stamina and and uh, long longevity. So he was a little bit concerned about trying to bring a message tomorrow in that condition. So um, we he called me to see if I could cover, and I jump at the chance. Um, I love to share, so so I've got stuff. You know, God's been pouring into me <laughs> piles and heaps, and and I'll I'll I'm gonna give you a pile tonight, and I'll take a heap with me tomorrow, and uh, we'll hopefully be live tomorrow as well. They're gonna work on that to try to get the live feed coming out of Cimarron uh, uh, Worship Center. So if you're in the Perkins area, Stillwater area, Yale, Cushing, Ripley, uh, Agra, Tryon, in anywhere in that vicinity, Carney even. Um, take a little drive and come up to Cimarron Worship Center. It's it's right on the main drag, right on 177, right next to the Sasser building um, in downtown Perkins, or if you can call it downtown. And uh, we we will start service at 1045 with worship, and um, and then I'll, I'll bring a message that uh, I'm excited about. I, I didn't intend to. Actually, I was considering it tonight. Um, you know, God does crazy things because I'd, I'd already kind of considered – what my tomorrow message was going to be live from here. And, and I had mulled that particular message over in my mind. And I thought, you know, it, it, that message really is one I would like to bring at a, at a, at a church, you know, live in a church instead of live on the air. Um, it's kind of funny how God works because I had another one that I was going to do in the morning. So I'm going to do it tonight and I'm going to take that one to church with me and I'm going to do that one tomorrow. So if you want to hear it too, join us tomorrow, uh, 1045 at Cimarron Worship Center uh, there in Perkins. So with that, I am going to jump into this one tonight. Uh, I've got <laughs> quite a bit of notes here. This is this is a, a powerful message, I feel like. Uh, I feel like God has given me something very strong and very pertinent for today. Um, and I believe it'll 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 change your life if you'll let it. So with that in mind, I'm going to bring to you tonight: No weapon shall prosper. How's that? No weapon shall prosper. In Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. It's in the King James version. It says it this way: No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Amen. That's no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. According to the Strong's Concordance, the Hebrew word for weapon is, is God, and I, I struggle with some of these pronunciations, but it is keli, like keli, which means article, vessel, implement, utensil, yoke. It actually represents weapon uh, in this format, um, and it, it comes out of the Strong's, the, the Hebrew word 3627, if you want to get technical about it and look me up. In other words, there is no article, there's no device, there's no tool or strategy that the enemy can use or implement against you that will prosper. 
He, he can't bring anything against you that's actually going to win. In other words, there, there's no vessel, there's no person that, that, that the enemy can use against you that will, that will succeed. Uh, there, there's no yoke, there's no bondage, there's, there's nothing that the enemy can hold against you that will prosper. No tactic, no strategy, no stronghold that the enemy tries or, or deploys against you will prosper. Yet you are God's child and his protection is your inheritance and your righteousness is of him. When you are in Christ, weapons may form, but they won't conquer you. It doesn't mean that you won't struggle. It doesn't mean that you won't have a battle. It doesn't mean that you won't be in a fight. It doesn't mean that you'll walk away with some scarring, but that won't defeat you when you are a child of the king. Amen. Um, choose to trust Christ and let his word fight on your behalf. So that's that's our weapon. That's our weapon of choice is his word. His word becomes a sword. Remember, sharper than any two-edged sword that will divide down between joint and marrow. Man, that's, that's, some, that's some serious cutting power right there. That, that there's, there's simply no weapon that can come against us to conquer us. When we choose to trust Christ and let his word fight on our behalf, then the enemy rises up against you. Choose to hold your peace. Let God fight your battle. There, there's some there's some monstrous truth in that right there. When the enemy comes against you, when the attack rises up against you, choose to hold your peace and let God fight your battle. Mm. It's hard for me to do sometimes because one of my pet peeves is stupidity. I struggle with ignorant people, and, and sometimes they push my buttons, and sometimes when they push my buttons... Man, I just got to step in there and, 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 but when I do, I bring his word because his word is my weapon and they can't defeat it. It's not something I drew up, not something I dreamed up, not something I conjured up. It's something I read and believe as the word of God, the weapon of choice in my arsenal. The Bible tells us to pray for our enemies. Hmm. Well, I mean, I'd rather curse them, right? But but God tells us that we are to actually pray for our enemies. You know, Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 21, will bring us to the New Living Translation. A little easier to catch here. So Romans 12, 9 through 21, it says this. Don't just pretend to love others. <laughs> There's a good one. Don't just pretend to love others. You can probably preach a whole message right there off that first phrase. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. 
Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you heap burning coals of shame on their heads. The other version says you, you, you heap burning coals of fire on their heads. Don't let your evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Praying for God to burn down your enemy's house or wreck your car or their car or make them stub their toe is not what we're being told to do here. Now, that's what we'd like to do. I mean, you know, when I heard that phrase, you know, pray for your enemies, I'm thinking, uh huh, I'll pray for my enemy. God, burn them jokers down. You know, beat on them, whoop them. You know, take something from them that they took from me. You know, that eye for an eye thing. I mean, that's how I saw that. But that's not, that's not what God says. God's, God doesn't want us to throw rocks at them. That's not at all what he means. We are to pray for our enemy that God moves on their heart's behalf and that he reaches their soul, that they find Jesus. By doing so, they will become so miserable as the Holy Spirit works on them, they will give up their attack on you. See, there, there's, the, there's the awesomest part. When, when we sincerely pray over our enemy, they're lost. They need Jesus. And, and when we see them through Jesus' eyes, then, then it, it, it turns our anger into a righteous passion that they come to know Christ. If, if you honestly will work on that, I promise you it's not easy. I've done it. It's a challenge. But when you honestly begin to pray that, the, that God will touch the heart of your enemy, God will touch the heart of that one that's coming against you, that one that's speaking out against you, that one that's offended you, that one who has wronged you, that one who has hurt you deeply, that one who has said bad things about you, that one maybe who has harmed you physically, emotionally, even spiritually. When you pray for them, pray for their soul. Don't, don't pray for God to harm them. Pray for their soul. And by doing so, the Bible says it is like heaping coals of fire on their head. As the Holy Spirit begins to work on their heart, they're going to find guiltiness. They're going to need to repent because they won't be able to get out from under the pressure that the Holy Spirit puts upon them. That is an incredible, it's an incredible thing if you can really grasp what's being said here. Pray for our enemies. By doing so, they simply become miserable. The Holy Spirit has room to work on them and change them. Psalm 7, verse 15 through 16, the King James Version says this, He made a pit and digged it. <laughs> I love that. It says that he digged it. And has fallen into the ditch which he made. His mischief shall return upon his own head, and his violent dealing shall come down upon his own plate. In other words, when we pray over our enemy, that ditch they dug for us to fall in, they'll fall in themselves. They'll stub their own toe. That's literally what that means. The pit that others dig for you, they'll fall into themselves. The plot that others lay for you, they will fall in themselves. God has your protection. Don't fear the enemy's plot the ploy or the strategy, God is your rear guard. God has you covered. Isaiah 54, 17 in the CSB says this, God is stronger than any ploy, plot, or scheme that the enemy can devise. God is your source of strength. God is your strong foundation. 
He is your weapon against the enemy in every tactic that the enemy tries to release. Choose to surrender to God and your enemies will be at peace. Choose to focus on God and not the enemies that you face. Psalms 24.1 states, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell here therein, the earth belongs to God. Every person and process in it belongs to him. He is sovereign and no one can dethrone him. No one can defeat him. Vengeance is his. Choose to trust God. Deuteronomy 32.35 in the Amplified states, Vengeance is mine and, and recompense in the time when their, foot, when their foot shall slide, for the day of their disaster is at hand and their doom comes speedily. Vengeance is the Lord's. Don't worry about your enemies. Christ commands us to love our enemies. But say unto you, this is uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, King James Version. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Again, Matthew 5, verses 44 in the King James Version. The Lord commands us to love those who scheme, plot, and plan against us. Don't focus on their deceptive strategies. Focus on his word. When you can't see clearly or hear God's voice clearly, choose to sit still and surrender your heart and your hands to him. Sit still. Be still and know that I am God is what the word says. Let God lead your heart. Let his word guide your actions and path. Surrender to his way of doing things before you prematurely make a move. Psalms 110.1 says this, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Man, that's a powerful word right there. Let God handle your enemies. Protect your heart by letting his word keep and wash over your heart. Don't let your heart be hardened by the traps that the enemy has set. God is greater than our enemies. Shift our focus. Let God lead our hearts and let the, let the love that he gives us be our weapon. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, King James Version states, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The issues of life come out of our hearts. Keep, keep ourselves with all diligence unto God. According to Strong's Concordance, the Hebrew word for keep is, is natsar, which means to guard, to guard from dangers, to watch, to watch over, or to persevere. That, that, that guard your heart from the hidden snares and the attacks of the enemy. Satan wants to harden our hearts. He, he, he wants bitterness to rule and to guide our decisions. You ever been offended? Anybody ever offend you? Who's affected by that, you or them? If I offend you tonight, if I say something uh, about the color of your car and I offend you, who's bothered by that, me or you? Well, you're going to carry it. And, and that offense can eat on you and eat on you. And, the, and, and then you're going to see me and you're going to see that, man, I'm not bothered that I said something bad about the color of your car. And, 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 and it ain't bothering me at all. And it's eating you alive. And then you get madder because I'm not bothered by it. Well, guess what? I might not know I offended you over something as silly as talking about the color of your car. See what I'm getting at? We often pick up a fence that we shouldn't pick up. We often get angry over things that we should not get angry over. People make mistakes. People say things they shouldn't say. 
But a lot of times when things are said and we become offended, that was not the intent and never will be the intent. Satan uses it. His biggest tool in the church today is offense. Uh, John Bevere writes a book called The Bait of Satan. Beautiful book. Love it. Get it. Read it. If, if being offended is part of your struggle, get his book, The Bait of Satan, because that is the biggest bait Satan puts in front of us today, the offense. If I can get you offended, it'll eat you like cancer. Probably won't bother me at all. See where I'm going with that? Get, get a hold of that. He wants you to focus on the past. He wants you to focus on your enemies. Satan wants you to focus on the cares of the, and the worries of this world. He wants to distract you from seeking God and fulfilling your purpose. We all have a purpose. God created us for such a time as this. There is a calling on our lives. We're gifted and there's a purpose for that. He has a purpose for you. You're not here by happenstance or coincidence. I don't believe in any of that. God has a purpose in this timing. He has a purpose in this timing that you're hearing this word tonight. There, there's somebody out there that needs to hear this, and they need to, to adhere to this, that it will set them free to be who God has called them to be. I believe it with my, all my heart. John 10.10 10 says this, The thief cometh not but, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I come that he might have life and that he might have it more abundantly. See, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God comes to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly than anything you've ever dreamed. Satan wants to keep you distracted. Choose to shift your focus onto God. Position and posture your heart on God's word. I love that position and posture. Take take notice of that. Sit up. Sit up upon God's word. Let it be strong in your heart. Let it be wise in your mind. Let it be quick to come to your tongue. Let, let the word of God, again, be your weaponry. Although the weapons may form, it won't prosper. You may see the storm, but it's not going to affect you. you. You might see the effects of the storm. We just had a storm roll through here just a few minutes ago. I heard it coming, <laughs> and, and then I saw it, and I saw the effects of the storm. It wasn't terrible here. There was a few blown leaves, a few limbs down, lots of rain. But there was an effect left behind by the storm. It didn't affect me because I sat on my back porch swing, dry as it could be, watching the rain fall on my garden, in Rhonda's garden. Love it. But, but that's, see what I'm saying? The weapon may come against you. The storm may form. But when you walk in God's word, it might get you wet. You might have to dodge some, some potholes. You might have to dodge some lightning strikes. Even if the lightning strikes you, it's not going to take you because it's not going to prosper against you. Hold fast to God's word. Choose to confess God's word and let God lead your path. There is no weapon that the enemy can form that will conquer you. Choose to submit yourself to God and to God's way of doing things, and he'll guide your path. Man, there's always a choice in here. It's up to you to choose to submit yourself to God. See, without that submittance unto God, without the obedience to his word, you don't have any power, and you don't have any choices. You're going to get run over. There's just no doubt about it. But when you choose to submit yourself to God, and his way of doing things, not your way, his way, he'll guide your path. James 4, 7 says this, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. 
You know, I've heard that end part a lot. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Well, listen, if you don't get the first part right, you can resist all day long. The devil's going to have his way with you. Until you are submitted to God, there is no resistance that you have any power with. But submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Build your heart on God's word. Let me close with this. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell and the rivers rose and the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house, and it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. Build your house upon the rock. If you don't have the rock of Jesus Christ in your life, serving him wholeheartedly, you're going to crash. And that crash is not going to be pretty. There won't be any protection for you. You know, I hear often, I hear people talk about, oh, I'll pray for you. You know, I I struggle with that because technically what the Word of God brings to, to mind, what the Word of God says is He only hears the prayers of the righteous, those who are in right standing with Him. The only prayer He hears of the unrighteous, those who are not in a right standing with Him, is a prayer of repentance. Once you repent, God hears your prayer. But if you're living in this world to mouth the words praying for you, absolutely sounds like a hollow clanging, hitting on a hollow log. It's just an echo because it's not going to hold any power. Unless you walk in the presence and the power of Jesus Christ, you're in relationship with him. His His blood flows through you. His blood covers you. And in your surrender to him, you have no power. And Satan will have his way with you, pure and simple. It's not a complicated faction here. I wasn't ever very good with math. And I, and, I, and I love why I believe that God's Word is so simplistic. It's not simple and easy. God's Word can be very difficult for us at times because He just calls us out. He calls us out of our selfishness. He calls us out of our, of our, of our pride. He calls us out of our thinking we're better than anybody else. And He humbles us before His throne. He asks us to carry our cross daily. That representation alone means that we go to the cross the same as Jesus did. We, we allow sacrifice of our life. We die to ourselves to be risen with Christ. And then we walk with him in his power. It's the only way it's going to work. It's the only way that a weapon that's formed against you won't prosper. To walk in his power. I pray today that you choose to walk that way. That you choose Christ above all else. Man, if you're not living for him, if, if, if you're not in a living, breathing, personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask you tonight to surrender your life. It's, it's, I, don't, I don't have a counter going on my webpage. I don't have a counter about how many souls I brought to the Lord because it ain't between me and you. It's between you and him. You get your life right with Christ. It's not complicated. You simply surrender. You say, God, I'm a sinner. I recognize that my life is not where it should be. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your son hung and died on a cross, shedding his blood to cover my sin, and I accept him into my life tonight. By doing just that, 
the blood of Jesus begins to flow over you. Your sin is cast as far as the east as the east is from the west, never to be brought against you again by God. The enemy will bring it against you this evening. <laughs> but know that no weapon formed against a believer, a follower of Christ, shall prosper. That doesn't mean that we're not going to see difficult times. It doesn't mean that we're not going to get knocked down from time to time. You know what? It doesn't mean that my life won't end anytime soon. There's no guarantees of that. But what it does mean is that when I leave this place or when I walk through this place, either way, I walk through under the power and the presence of Jesus Christ. His blood in me. His power in me. And His shelter over me. I live in His peace. I'll take whatever comes. Amen. There's a confidence in knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. If you don't have it tonight, man, don't go to bed without it. Don't waste another minute. If you need to, you jump on this website thing, this Facebook thing, and you shoot me a message. My phone number is on here somewhere. Send me a message on my phone. And I'll pray with you. I'll pray for you. I'll answer questions. Whatever you have, don't let the enemy steal your opportunity to come to know Christ tonight in a new way. And let your new life begin right now. If, if you've been a, a follower of Christ and you've allowed the world to stain you, don't let it do it anymore. Wash yourself in the blood of Jesus Christ tonight. Fresh oil, fresh anointing. Just make a new commitment to him tonight that you're going to do everything in your power to live according to his word. And then you walk in it. Amen. God bless you guys. Hopefully I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, keep an eye on it. It'll be under Cimarron Worship Center. You can find that on, on uh, Facebook. They should, hopefully, will go live at 1045. Should it not go live, if you're on my email list, I will be putting that audio on email. I'll also be putting it on our podcast. So if you follow our podcast you, or you're on our email list, you'll get that audio. Uh, it'll be available to you. Um, if you're not on our podcast, I, I encourage you to find us. Uh, Living Loud Outdoors, it's it's on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, I don't know, there's a pile of them. I think we're on eight different platforms now. So um, search us out, find us, uh, like us on there, follow us on our on our podcast. Um, I, I put different things on there. I'll put some extra stuff in there from time to time. Uh, read some poetry from time to time on there as well. So the, the podcast actually gets a little bit more spunk than, than, than going live does. So follow us on the podcast, if you will, and uh, support us. Thank you for your support. Thank you for those that who give financially. Uh, for those who pray over for us, man, we, we feel it. We love it. When we thank you for it, we need it. Uh, we walk in a, in a war just like everybody else. Um, and, and, man, when you support this ministry, you partner with us as we support other ministries all across this world. So we thank you for it. God bless you guys. Hope you enjoy the rest of your Saturday evening. We will see you again real soon. If not tomorrow, we'll see you Wednesday night uh, with Get Out of Your Head too. You don't want to miss that. Amen. God bless you. We will talk to you again real soon.